Hey, Prime members, you can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. Join Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app with more than 3 million members. You can win up to 25 times your money by picking more or less. Download the app today and use code MIB for a first deposit match of up to $100. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash back on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card, issued by Goldman Sachs Bank, USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! Welcome to a Men in Blazers Fantasy Island pod special. Over the course of the next 30 minutes or so, we are going to break down player by player, team by team, pretty well every individual that you need to pull onto your Fantasy eleven to be able to dominate in the season ahead. I love fantasy football even as much as I love football itself. And as you know, last year we started the Men in Blazers Togger Fantasy League. You remember Togger. We first met the GFOPs from that amazing Austin, Texas-based startup back in 2015. They are young, they are hungry, they are beautifully American, and they had an idea that truly lives and breathes football that we wanted to support. We adore them for two reasons. Number one, oh, did I mention they're American? Number two, they've developed a Premier League fantasy game that really reflects the nuance and sensibility Anyone who's played fantasy baseball would require in their football fantasy life. One that reflects the fact that defenders, much maligned defenders, yes, they contribute as much to team play as strikers. And so Togger developed a far more nuanced scoring system than your traditional old Premier League fantasy games. This game, Togger, rewards players for the things we love. Passes, crosses completed, tackles won not just the goals, assists, and clean sheets of the basic game. So last year, we made the switch. Thousands of you came with us, and we're not sorry. Last campaign, over 11,000 GFOPs took part in our Togger Perfect 11 Fantasy League with glorious teams, ranging from one flew over Lukaku's nest, I used to like that joke, to Chuck Blazers Cats. I think there were 12 teams called Chuck Blazers Cats, to be honest. And that league, it even started wars here in the crap part of Soho, chiefly between producers Lexi and Evan. Let me just say, Lexi takes no prisoners. This year, we're resuming the league yet again. You can sign up on meninblazers.com, people. Ton of prizes. Some of them Uh, have the feeling of a punishment, like having to actually come on our show. But to kick off the league and celebrate all things fantasy football, we welcome back to the pod, by popular demand, all over New York City. They are baying his name this week in the street. Only he can help you with your fantasy questions for the third year running. 
A man whose mind operates in aerial duels won effective clearances, dispossession. Oh, it's Togger's head of content, their resident fantasy guru, the one and only Dr. Fantasy, on Twitter, at Fantasy Gaffer. Welcome back to the pod, Mr. John Wallin. Three years running. John, by popular acclaim, you're the fantasy populist. I, I, I love being able to say this, to look you in the eye and say... You, John Wallin, you know, you've got a beautiful, a practical, a pragmatic fantasy life that's actually of use to the masses. My, my fantasy life generally revolves around pie, wishing that I lived the life depicted in John Hughes movies and Everton winning the Champions League. But yours, I mean, you have kind of put yours up into the fantasy football Bible that you wrote, the massive and wonderful <laughs> Togger Draft Guide. I've got to ask you, how much time over the past month have you devoted to getting your draft just right? A hundred hours, hundred and fifty hours. It's it's a getting, day. Yeah. Well. Yeah. A week. For four weeks running. I mean, give or, give or take. Because I mean, draft day is the best day of the year. So while you're sitting there trying to get your perfect eleven set up for week one, you know, and joining the Men and Blazers perfect eleven league, you're also sitting there simultaneously doing your research for your you know eight, ten, twelve person mini draft league. And ranking all your players, or buying the guide at fpldraft.com and, and looking at how I rank the players, which is of questionable value. Oh, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, JW pictures you when we were chatting about you. He pictures you crunching numbers with one of those old visors from the old kind of casino days with your Firmino jersey on. <laughs> That's not far wrong. Is he close? But anyway, what information are you ingesting on the Premier League? Where are you looking for it? Where'd you get it from? Uh, so we use Opta Stats, uh, who are the number one provider of stats data across world football. And Opta provides us with a feed that's visible inside the players tab at playtaga.com. So you can go in and, and some of the stats that you mentioned, things like aerial duels won, uh, successful clearances. They're non-traditional scoring categories for fantasy, but we've scored them in both the Perfect 11, as you know, and in our draft game. And all those stats, there's 25, 26 of them that you can look at right there in the players tab once you've signed up and uh, have a team. Do you have to look at them on togger.com or do Opta just pump them right into your central cortex, John? For me, they pump them directly into my cortex. For you, you're probably going to want to look at the app where you can see all of your scoring live updating. So you don't have to look at every individual score. You can just look at your weekly score, and it'll all just translate nicely into fantasy <sighs> points. My weekly score makes my eyes bleed. But let, let's jump in. You have already given us two options for fantasy life, and we need to explain that there's two different types of Togger fantasy games for the two different types of fantasy lovers. First is Perfect Eleven. That's what the Men in Blazers League is, GFOPs. Every week, you simply need to pick 11 players from any combination of teams you want. It sounds simple. It is simple, but it's also infuriatingly deep and complex. You compete against the entire league. The GFOP with the most points that week, and in our league, gets a crap patch, a truly, truly awful patch with uh, Davo looks good. I look about 106 on the thing. There's also a cumulative winner at the end of the season. And John, is it, have we explained that pretty accurately? Yeah, I think you, you hit the nail on the head. You left out that I actually won one week last season. I think it was uh, game week 34 when I posted like 270 points on, on the back of a double game week. So pretty proud <sighs> about that. 270 points pretty well was my total all season long. I, I think I picked Ross Barkley every week believing he was going to come good. He was going to come good. He was going to come good. Please, God, Spurs fans, is your fantasy problem now. Second type of league is a draft league, similar to the traditional 
American fantasy sports system. The way it works, you get a group of your friends. Actually, let me take a step back. First, make friends. Then second, get a group of the aforementioned friends together and then draft players one at a time, old school baseball style. No player can be on the same two teams. It's that easy. John, talk about some of the draft league options that Togger offers. Sure. So the, the largest size league you can have is 12 teams. And so if maybe you don't have quite that many friends. You can play in as league as small as four people. And obviously, if you're playing in a smaller league, you're going to have uh, a better squad. So you can kind of form a, a Galacticos of the EPL currently. If you're playing in a 12-team league, it probably helps to do a little bit more research to, you know, uh, parse out your Harry Maguires from your Andrew ha- Robertsons. Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire. Harry Maguire. And yeah, Gilfy. And well, listen, Gilfy is, uh, as anybody who's listened to me on this show or any place else, they are forced to listen to my voice. Well, no, Gilfy is a fantasy god, and we absolutely love him. Uh, Welcome, those, friend. Yeah, those those key passes that he has, um, which converted uh, chances created into assists. We like to see those. He's very good at that, particularly from his dead ball. If he stays at Swansea, we love the addition of Tammy Abraham there. If he doesn't stay at Swansea, we're pretty confident he's going to be able to be just as valuable for fantasy. <sighs> he's not staying at Swansea, John. He's staying. He's staying. Let's move on from this issue. Plug how you sign up for this thing. Sure. I mean, you just go to playtaga.com uh, or go to the app, which is in both the uh, Android and Apple Store, and it's free to play either place. Set up a league, and you can draft as soon as that day. Send out invitations to your friends, and, and you can be drafting within two hours, and you'll have live scoring ready for you for game week one. It's um, that simple. Yeah, draft within two hours. Speak to your loved ones and family members in about eight months' time, roughly. All right, we're going to jump into this strategy-wise. We're going to focus, to begin with, on the perfect 11. So all of you in the Men in Blazers League, listen up. Actually, don't listen. Only I am going to listen to this, John, because this is going to be this is going to be my season when I dominate all comers, I slash and burn. So just run through for me, just for me, not for anybody else, John. Definitely not for JW. And God love if Lexi's listening, whatever John says, do the opposite. What are your five rules for perfect 11? The things that people should apply biblically week by week in order to have the season of wonder. Rule number one. I would say look at matchups. Um, look, it, there's, there's no shame in picking on weak teams. Weak teams give up a lot of fancy points. There's no shame in making sure that 10 of your 11 starters are playing at home that week. Home teams score more fantasy points. So when you're sitting there, keeping in mind, you have, you have your run of every player in the EPL, and you're going to need to be making difficult decisions. You have uh, Lacazette, you have Aguero, you have uh, Alexis Sanchez. You can only start two of them. You, know, you, need, to, you need to find some reason to not pick one of them, or even better, a good reason to pick one of them affirmatively, I would say play against bottom half teams if you can, play at home if you can, and then do yourself a quick favor, look at goals allowed home and away. You happen to see uh, Burnley, for example, last year, gave up almost no goals at home, but they were terrible. They were like a sieve away. You just couldn't start your attackers when you, they were playing at Turf Moor. Anytime you got Burnley on the road, you started your attackers. So rule number one, look at team against team matchups. And essentially what you're saying to succeed is have no shame. You really do need to be a carrion eater in this league. Fantasy buzzard, preying on the carcasses of the Watfords, the Swansea's, the Newcastles, John. Rule number two. 
Well, we touched on a little bit earlier, but I would say you have to play at least two differentials. Differentials. Uh, oh, dropping science with John Wallin. Let's Devo adores a bit of differential. You got you got to get explain the concept to us. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a very long word to say a very short thing. And differentials are just players that we expect will have five uh, percent or less ownership in a given week. And if you're playing on Taga's app, you can actually look right there when you're selecting your players from the overall player list. It'll say selected by ownership percentage. So if you want to make sure that you're selecting a player that nobody else is on that week, uh, maybe you actually get a healthy Daniel Sturridge for one week sometime in the middle of October. He's starting for Liverpool. You're going to start him for your fantasy side. Maybe two, three other people in your league of 11,000 are actually rolling the dice with Daniel Sturridge. He hits a brace. All of a sudden, you're near the top of your table for the week. So the differential aspect, explain why, you know, when you've got a league of Kun Agueros and Pogba's and Lukaku's, you are going to mine that second level and come up with your like your Trent Alexander Arnold, your sleeper pick. Yeah, Trent Alexander Arnold is a great choice for uh, for week one right now, and we're not sure what's going to happen with James Milner and, and Liverpool's in a bit of disarray. But the key to having differentials is exactly that: you want to differentiate your team from everybody else. If you're in a league with ten thousand people and ten thousand of them pick Sergio Aguero, and Aguero scores a hat trick, well, you've scored a lot of points, but you've scored the same points as everyone else. You need to go out, maybe get a Troy Deeney if his groin ever heals and he, and he can get a match at Watford. You know, someone like that, um, Kelechi Anacho, now that he's going to be officially transferring into Leicester City. Oh, what a pick. Yeah, absolutely. One I mean, of the most economical goal scorers, minute per minute in the Premier League. What a steal that gentleman is. I mean, in week one, who else are you looking at? Jay Rodriguez, finally, please God, healthy. <laughs> Welcome back, Jay Rodriguez, playing for West Brom. Uh, home to Bournemouth. Who else stands out for you? Jason Punchin for Crystal Palace is a monster at creating chances. When we look back at last season's totals for chances created, there's going to be a lot of names at the top of the list that are familiar. Guys like Christian Eriksen, you know, created 112. You're uh, talking about the guest on the first Men in Blazers show of the season. That's the man. He's also very good with a key pass. He is. He's, please God, good enough to overcome the curse of Rog. Who else? <laughs> you want to look at guys like Manuel Lanzini, who also had a lot of key passes last season, 57. The West Ham player is very good. I also happen to like, and I think he's going to be undervalued at the beginning of the season. Whisper it, because only I'm going to choose him. Come on, just talk to me. Uh, Arsenal's new defender, Kolasinic. Oh, at home to Leicester on Friday. As long as it's just you and me and not very many other people. Although I will say Neil Thurman, uh, who joined us last year, is a huge Arsenal supporter and huge on Kolasinic as well. He thinks he's going to be fantastic, and uh, Neil's, is, Neil's advice is as good as you're going to find. Yeah, I think he told me to go all in on Perez last season. Thanks, that mate. That was very, Thanks, very good advice. Thanks, mate. Really appreciate it. Rule number three. Look, just don't overthink it. So that's simple for me, mate. My <laughs> approach to life. Well, if you're sitting there, you know, if you're sitting there on a Saturday morning and you're trying to make a decision between, uh, you know, Harry Kane and anyone else, and you're just trying to come up with clever reasons why Harry Kane's not going to do anything. He's just a three season wonder. Yeah. Just, you know, or uh, he only plays 30 matches a season or uh, he never scores in August or um, he looks like a chimney sweep or whatever it might be. Oh, he's like, gorgeous, Harry. I actually tweeted he should, uh, should be a Joseph A. Bank model the other day. Oh, He's like very Joseph A. Bank. Three suits for the price of two. Yeah. Only while stocks last. <laughs> Go on. But uh, he... You're saying if you are trying to outthink why not to pick Harry Kane, just get on it. That's pick exactly bloody right. Harry Kane. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, there's going to be plenty of people telling you why Mohamed Salah is not a good fantasy pick. You know, he's uh, in rotation or he's never done it or he, he flamed out at Chelsea. Mohamed Salah is fantastic. He's going to be in that front three at Liverpool. Start Mohamed Salah. 
Yeah. Don't, don't be afraid. Don't be shy, guys. Just go and pick Jeff Cameron. Bang him in your team. Ignore differential. Rule number four. One rule that's not an every week rule, but it's absolutely the way that you're going to be at the top of the table come season's end is to capitalize on double game weeks. Oh, it's so annoying, this one. Go on. So a double game week is, as the fixture calendar gets more congested because you have Europa League matches, there's uh, cup ties in the FA Cup or, or the EFL Cup, whatever it might be, and Premier League matches get rescheduled, eventually those matches are going to be played, usually in the back half of the season. And when they're played, we have to fit them into a quote-unquote fantasy game week. So that may mean Arsenal plays on a Wednesday and a Saturday. They're playing two matches, but for fantasy purposes, both those games count. It counts as one game week. You get two chances at scoring fantasy points. You don't score quote-unquote double fantasy points, but you do get the cumulative points for each of those. And it's an incredibly valuable tool. So pay attention to the schedule. If you happen to see that a player's out, obviously take them out of your perfect 11. And if you happen to see that a player is playing twice, Knock them up a little bit in your ranks. That is how you won the Did week it? you won, week 34. Who is a team that double played? Do you remember? That's a really good question. I want to say that it was um, Tottenham, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe I had Kyle Walker that oh, week. Was it I'd Cameron, have to go back and look. Was it Cameron Carter-Vickers? Got we, you a ton of points, I bet. Rule number five. Uh, this is the one that always gets me into trouble because I don't think very many other people that were sitting in this chair would say it, but play your favorites. I mean, you can have every good reason in the world to play someone. Play that, the babies. All the numbers look and you know just incredible. But if your choice is between um, Alexander Lacazette and Sergio Aguero up top or anyone else in Roberto Firmino, I'm picking Roberto Firmino 10 times out of 10. Your point is, and you say this beautifully, it's boring to win with players you hate. I'm not sure I agree with that, but that's your philosophy in this. That's exactly my philosophy. I took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, what essentially John Wallin is saying, United fans, you've just been absolved from your guilt. Play your favorite stars. You can keep playing Wayne Rooney, even though he plays for the Blues now. One question before we dive into draft, John Wall. In one of the joys of Togger, you can change the team up to five minutes before kickoff. So if the aforementioned Daniel Sturridge does feel his calf kind of twinge during the, the, uh, the warm-ups, you can just switch him out for a proper striker like Sandro. What do you do on the morning of the game? You, describe the scene in the wall-in house. It looks a lot like uh, like this, except there's two small children running around disturbing everything that's on my table. There's tons of cards scattered all over. This is a <laughs> mad professor scene. This is like Doc Brown's laboratory in Back to the Future. What I'm looking at, there are just cards littered all over this table with the ranting scratches of a madman. Uh, this is what it looks like. You're telling me week in, week out, right into kickoff. Yeah, and sometimes like on a Tuesday night. Are you just DEFCON line watching Rebecca Lowe whip round? We're going to go to whip round. And you're just like switching players in, out, in, out. Stephen Naismith, what? He's not even a Premier League player anymore. I've got to drop him from my 11. Is that what the scene is like in the wall in him? Yeah, it, it's actually not that far off, which is when you paint it that way, it makes me question what I'm doing with my life. But yeah, it's, it's at least two screens. It's having my app open. It's playing. Um, it's making sure all my draft lineups are set up. It's making sure that all the relevant information is going out over the at Play Taga account on Twitter and that people are getting their push notifications <sighs> about starts and sits. So essentially, you have a lounge of a massive television and you have a huge map made out of wood, which is like Churchill's kind of planning room and you're just like pushing planes and boats and all kinds of army things all over that map. It's yeah, a control command center. Yeah, yeah, little crap sticks and I just, you know, push my players around. Rule six, get yourself a huge <laughs> Churchill map room. 
Okay, we're going to jump into Togger's draft format now. We're going to just revel in it. We're going to go deep, deep, deep uh, into the annals of Togger's draft format. And we thought the best way to do this, John, is to get you to go all Mel Kuyper uh, with a full bladder during draft day, but just stoically pounding through. You've got to, for us, unveil your top three players at each position as we live and breathe now, starting at the back in the Tim Howard position. God love Tim Howard, goalkeeper. Explain to us what you like to call the Tom Heaton effect. What, why are keepers on suboptimal teams the best fantasy players? Counterintuitively, because saves equal fantasy points. And you want a guy who's very good at making saves and good at not conceding a lot of goals, but you're willing to sacrifice clean sheets for two, three, four extra saves. So when you have somebody like uh, Tom Heaton, I mean, Tom Heaton is obviously the best example from last season. Burnley's, oh, beautiful, handsome shot stopper. And Mr. Heaton finished sixth in the league last season in clean sheets with 10, uh, which was the same number as part-time Everton goalkeeper Joel Robles. Uh, but he was also only sixth in goals conceded. He, he allowed 48. Meanwhile, he led the league in saves with 143, excuse me, 142. And when you look at somebody like Peter Cech at Arsenal, he recorded just 115. So that like 30 save difference is 60, 70 fantasy points, depending on where you're playing, playing at targets. So essentially, if you are blundering in, like myself, looking, craving for that clean sheet, you're actually missing the statistic that can really prime the numbers here. In the same way as like a, a Fraser Forster at Southampton, whose defense just doesn't allow as many shots as Tom Heaton does. He will get you some clean sheets, but that differential is way overcome just by the number of, like, it's essentially he's being machine gunned, Tom Heaton. He's not playing in goal. Yeah, he's the polar opposite of Tom Heaton. They sit on opposite ends of the EPL fantasy spectrum. You want to have a Heaton in your lineup. You never want to have <laughs> Fraser Forster in your EPL li- in your FPL lineup. Do you know who started 11 games for Roger Bennett's perfect 11 last season? Fraser Forster. Let's go with your three picks in goal that you would recommend. They're, they're in no particular order because for goalkeepers in particular, their variance from week to week is so high. So, you know, you really do want to play a player that you think has a chance at recording at least three saves or is playing against, you know, a bottom third offense. Um, but for great overall, rule, uh, people, great rule. It's uh, it's going to be Tom Heaton again, just because of the just the ton of saves that well, we expect him to make. Because the rules named after him, the Tom Heaton effect. For as long as uh, for as long as Mr. Heaton remains in the EPL, it will be Tom Heaton in this group of top three. Jordan Pickford, new Everton goalkeeper. Heard of him? Yeah, uh, Mr. Pickford is excellent. He recorded 135 saves in not full time duty last year. The two guys that he's replacing, Martin Stecklenburg and Joel Robles. Com- Bind to have 97 saves and 14 clean sheets. If Pickford is t- just replicates that, he would be a top five goalkeeper overall. I happen to think he's a better pure shot stopper than either of those gentlemen. So he's a better all round human being. Possibly your third one. I'm shocked by to be candid. So I just spent a whole lot of time talking about how important saves are and that you shouldn't chase clean sheets. But when you have Thibaut Courtois and the fact that he's capable of posting 15 or 16 clean sheets while still recording 75 to 80 saves, you know, he's in that David De Gea class where you know they're going to get 15 clean sheets. So then you're trying to pick the player that's going to get the most saves from that, that trio. And that's really a, that's a safety pick, right? You, if you're going to roll the dice elsewhere in your team, it's nice to have a goalkeeper that you can trust to get five to ten points every single week. You know is never going to have a howler and give up five goals and, and end up with negative three points for the week. 
we, I, I'm now obsessed with differential. It's my new, like, whew, I think I'm going to get it tattooed on my inner thigh. Give us a couple of sleepers. So I like Carl Darlow, who I think is going to be starting for Rafa Benitez's and Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. yeah. I like him a lot. I just met Carl Darlow. Did you? Yeah. Did you tell him he might be in my fantasy team? Um, I told him that he wouldn't be in mine. Ah, all right. And he said that's a lot of pressure off my shoulders. <laughs> he's just not going to get that many shots on goal, though. He's got DeAndre Yedlin playing in front of him. He does, but he also has three other defenders who are not DeAndre Yedlin <laughs> playing in front of him. <laughs> Jack Butland at Stoke you also look at. I love Jack Butland. He was actually my pick in my first draft. Uh, I took him in round 16, but Stoke's defense is you know, notorious for giving up a few goals. They are not notorious for giving up few shots, so I think Butland has a chance to get 120 saves and record 12 to 15 clean sheets this year, which would, again, it would make him a top five, top seven goalkeeper and in, and in every week play. Uh, when the same could be said for uh, Swansea's Lucas Fabianski, I know a lot of people are tipping uh, Paul Clement's side for the drop after the struggles they had last year, but Fabianski was actually the most valuable goalkeeper in our format two seasons ago. He struggled a bit last year, but when Clement came in, he looked considerably better and was posting uh, nearly 10 points a match when he was on. I should note Tom Heaton of the aforementioned Tom Heaton effect and Jordan Pickford who should have his own law written in his name. He's going to be that good. They're the only two goalkeepers that you've ranked inside your famed top 150 in the Togger Draft Guide. Moving on from the goalkeepers to the defenders that quake in front of them. John Wallin, what qualities are you looking for in a defender beyond the obvious? I mean, are you kind of mining the stats on assists, penalties, or are you looking for purely the shield that watches the walls. I'm looking for two types of defenders. I'm either looking for a rampant attacking fullback, uh, somebody in the Marcos Alonso mold last season, uh, Leighton Baines classically, um, or I'm looking for the dominant of two center backs. So last season, that would be Virgil van Dijk uh, to Jose Font before he left for West Ham. And before Virgil van Dijk decamped to God knows where. And uh, so this season, we might see that uh, at Manchester United with Eric Bailly and uh, Victor Lindelof or Chris Smalling, if Chris Smalling can actually make it into that 11. So a lot of people are really high on Eric Bailly and less high on the, um, on the diminutive of that pairing. But the highest scoring guys are going to be the ones that are able to get forward. So we talked a little bit um, as a possible differential in Perfect 11 for week one, um, Arsenal's new signing Kalasinic last year. Um, for, uh, I think he was at Schalke last season, he only played uh, 2,070 minutes, but he recorded three goals with five assists in that time. He's fantastic in my Bundesliga fantasy team. There we go. What's the Togger version of Bundesliga? Der Togger. There we go. Um, Benjamin Mendy at City. I mean, this is going to be a big City fullback season. It is, and the addition of Danilo is not great for fantasy purposes um, because he's going to eat into the minutes for both Kyle Walker and for Benjamin Mendy. But I like Mendy to retain his place in most of the matches. I'm, I think he can probably get 33. And again, good attacking player. City should have a better defense with company being there. I'm going to feel both Kyle Walker of Manchester City and Kyle Walker-Peters of Tottenham Hotspur. This is going to be burning up and down my team's flanks all season long. couple of sleepers. At the back, um, Nathan Ackie, who's now a full-time cherry after finally securing a permanent move from Chelsea. He was a fantasy god for about 14 weeks last season before Chelsea recalled him. Explain on why. 
why was Ake a guy? I mean, he was scoring better than 10 points per match. 10 points is in Taga the gold standard. If you have particularly a defender that's able to hit that 10 points, obviously you then, with 11 players, you're on pace to score more than 110. In draft in particular, 10 points, 110 points, you're going to win your week 35 out of 38 weeks. Uh, in perfect 11, you're looking to probably get 20-point players, so that's why you tend to uh, use more attacking defenders than you do your Virgil van Dykes or... Um, you're, you know, uh, you're Harry Maguire's not to dr drop Harry Maguire again, but he's going to be the next guy I talk about as a possible uh, differential there. I like him and Kurt Zuma, uh, Kurt Zuma, who also moved away from Chelsea. Those are guys that are just, they're going to get lots of clearances. They're going to make lots of interceptions. They're going to win lots of tackles. And uh, Harry Maguire's already shown this summer he's capable of getting forward and scoring the odd goal with his head on a set piece. If he can get three, four, or five goals, all of a sudden Harry Maguire goes from being somebody that you draft at the tail end to somebody who would have been worth a fifth round pick. And that's fantasy gold. To someone who's going to bring you Alfie Mawson type numbers. I should say, anyone listening, there's also been some reclassification for those of you who are in the know. So you've got players like Jimmy Milner and Victor Moses who've now been reclassified as defenders after their positional switches last season and are probably worth having a little sniff around into the midfield, the gut of the team. What qualities are you looking there? Yeah, I mean, are we just all out attacking joyous poet so we, we don't need any of these midfield destroyers well be it's it's amazing if you can find a goal uh, a goal scoring midfielder last season there were 22 players in the epl that scored at least 10 goals only five of them were midfielders but i mean typically what you see you see more players in the uh, christian erickson mold a guy who's going to score seven or eight goals and then really contribute to your fantasy side with maybe 12 to 15 or in erickson's case last season 20 plus assists so the key passes you're looking at you want to see players that are taking shots um, you want to see players that are on high-scoring offenses or who are creating a large percentage of the overall chances for their team. Uh, before he departed for France, um, West Ham's Dimitri Payet was creating something like 60% of all of West Ham's chances. Um, Payet finished the season as the 10th overall uh, EPL player in key passes, despite the fact that he left in the January window. He's in my league and fantasy thing. He, he's the, far and away the number one pick, even after Neymar coming in, in my opinion. That's controversial. I'm going to get you into my little, my little, with my amis, um, into my league earn uh, draft, but we'll chat about that on our other pod, League Earn Today. So you're really talking about KDB, yeah. Kevin De Bruyne. You're looking at the just quite virulent Sadio Mane. You know he's going to score at least twice this season in uh, one derby after another against Everton Football Club to break my heart in consecutive games. And my man, Christian Eriksen. Yeah, I love Erickson. I think all three of those are players that could hit 10 goals. Um, Mane is obviously the, the most potent goal-scoring threat there. And you'll notice uh, Eden Hazard did not make the list. That's really just down to the fact that we don't know when he's coming back from injury and we don't know what the lingering effects are going to be. So if he missed, say, three or four weeks right at the top of the season, all of a sudden you need to, you need to discount him a little bit. Um, Mesut Ozil is probably the prototype for the player that's uh, the midfielder you want to get who's a little bit undervalued this season. He had more than 100 key passes last year. Arsenal did not convert very many of those into goals for him. And this season, he should be primed to, to bounce back and, and be maybe even a top five overall player. Give us some differential picks, some sleepers. Uh, so... <laughs> 
Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain is looking really interesting. If he's playing on the opposite side of Arsene Wenger's defense, opposite from Kolasinic, and is able to replicate what he did over the last 10 games of the 2016-17 season, all of a sudden he's a regular EPL player, which all anyone's ever wanted for the Ox is regular playing time. So he'd be good. I don't ask for much. It's all I've ever wanted. And uh, Anthony Knockart. There we go. What a phenomenal. I, c- I could not be more excited to watch this gentleman. Talent that kid is at Brighton. And that's why, I mean, that's why he's there, right? Everybody that watches him says that he's special. Um, there's very little doubt that he's going to be able to translate that into EPL success. Uh, one player that we're not as sure about, but who I've added to my differential list, uh, is Watford's new player come over from uh, Derby is Will Hughes. And Hughes, you know, the only 22 years old, but is still already the former next Steven Gerrard. So, Fantastic looking man. Yeah, I love that. Is that bleach blonde hair? Is that natural? Do you know? I think it's totally, totally natural. It's not a look you would elect. But uh, he's he's essentially a midfield general, right? He's what you want. Last season, he got uh, 2,664 minutes played with just two goals and three assists, but he made 43 key passes. He had 34 uh, successful dribbles with 23 aerial duels won. But Raj, what was really impressive to me, he won 102 of 137 of his tackles. That's 75% won on more than 100 tackles. Those, those are fantasy points <sighs> just waiting. Propelled me into fifth place in the Men in Blazers Championship Fantasy League, which Lexi also cleaned up in how are we feeling about Davi Klassen he's got all the A's he does I'm a little concerned I mean obviously coming over from uh, Ajax he has the pedigree he's just 24 years old and with the imminent departure of Ross Barkley he should assume the mantle in that Everton side but if they can't sell Barkley because of this sticking point and Klassen's punished for minutes he won't be there, but Barkley's already dead to us. I can tell you, listeners, I'm giving you this one for free. The number of chances that Davy Klassen is going to create in the season ahead. It's just my gift to you, dear listener, as we move on to what you really want to talk about, strikers. I mean, we probably should have just done the whole show on this and ignored everything else because Lord knows people are going to fast forward right to it. Harry Kane, Alexander Lacazette, Roberto Firmino. Lacazette, you just Love got him those guys. for his penalties. Uh, I'm putting him in for the fact that over the last four seasons, uh, when he was playing in France, he scored 28 goals, 21 goals, 27 goals. Going back four years when he was just 22 years old, he put in 15. Last year, he got those 28 goals in just 2,400 minutes. How do you not like that? So you're high on Lacazette. How are you feeling about Morata? Well, Morata is perhaps the poster child for the high efficiency, right? Last season as a part-time player for Zinedine Zidane's Real Madrid, he only played 1,334 minutes, but in that limited time, 15 goals, four assists. That's a goal or an assist every 70 minutes. Is it Iheanacho numbers? Yeah, they are. He is the Spanish Kalechi Iheanacho. The only question there is whether or not he's going to be the regular striker for Antonio Conte. Mishi Bashuai last season showed that he was very capable of putting the ball in the back of the net down the run. But, Roger, laughing. The thing that Mishi Bashuai really showed fantasy draft players is that you can never trust Antonio Conte because Bashuai was a big money transfer last summer. Everybody was high on him. Everybody got him into their side, thinking Diego Costa was out the door. Next thing you know, Bashuai is playing seven minutes every month, and Diego Costa is hitting 25 goals. Oh, sleeper picks. There's a bunch of them for me um, because I am, 
I'm buying into some guys that maybe I shouldn't be. Um, we mentioned Tammy Abraham already. He's a Chelsea loney. He's 19. These are risks that you really, is this where you really recommend taking risks? This is where I always take my risks. I like to try and go out and grab guys that I think are going to hit 10 goals. We mentioned earlier, only 22 players last season scored 10 goals or more. One of them was not Andre Gray, the Burnley striker. He's 26 years old. Two seasons ago in the championship, he played for two different teams. Uh, he was at Burnley uh, and before that, he was at Brentford. He scored 25 goals with nine assists in that season. And everybody liked him again last summer to come in and, and really just destroy the Premier League. Nine goals, three assists, not remarkable numbers. But he hits two, three more goals. He's a 13-goal scorer. He's right there in terms of overall value with someone like Jermaine Defoe. And um, Jermaine Defoe's another one. Uh, he's not on my list right now. Um, he's going to be at Bournemouth this season. Certainly capable of hitting 15, maybe 16 goals. I also like Huddersfield Elias Kachunga. Oh, I like, by the way, one of the thrills of my season when I think about all the joy that lies ahead of us is Arlo White just saying his name. I think it'll work that there's somehow 11 syllables into Elias Kachunga's surname. Elias Kachunga. It's going to be absolutely majestic. What a force that guy is at Huddersfield. I, I absolutely hope so. I, big fan of how Huddersfield played. I uh, got to see them a lot in the championship last season because they were having such a good year. They made the television a lot more than maybe they otherwise would have. And um, his presence on the field is great. He has the kind of game that you could see translating very well to the EPL. And Again, when you're trying to find a player that maybe is a, a bit of a hybrid, um, he might be able to be that kind of Josh King role from last season, you know, a forward for his national team, you know, for Josh King, it's Norway. Uh, for Kachunga, maybe playing in a little bit of a false 10 role, maybe that Gilfie Sigurdsson role, able to hit maybe 10 goals with eight assists. If you're getting that guy at the tail end of your draft, I mean, that's how you win leagues. Richarlison at Watford. I like him, but I've, I love him. I've only I this is the this is the classic. I, he is a YouTube player for me. I've never seen a full match of his. I've obviously seen. I've never seen a full match God, of his. I'm I've shocked. seen like his exceptional clips. Um, I believe he has nothing but unlimited upside because of the opportunity that's going to be there at Watford. Deeney's currently dealing with a groin injury. He may have lost his place anyway. There were rumors last season that the manager wasn't happy with his conditioning. Um, Deeney <laughs> seems his, to his pie work. <laughs> No, I think they were happy with his pie work. <laughs> he just never worked it off. I think I think uh, Troy Deeney, they're going to change his position slightly. I think he'll be in playing inside the Harry the Hornet mascot outfit. Richardson, I'll just say, when he played for Fluminese in my Brazilian fantasy team, 20 points a game, that lad is a killer. Not listed in any of your categories, Luke Shaw. You're high on I want to run through a couple of last kind of any other grab bag of sleepers, Luke Shaw still recovering, but you, you're a big believer in uh, in Luke. Yeah, I am. Um, he's got incredible talent. Uh, there was a lot of concern that Mourinho was not impressed with his attitude, but that seems to have thawed a little bit. And he's so young. He's got so much raw talent. He loves to get forward on the ball. That left-back position at United is not one that's going to get stolen away by Daly Blind, in my opinion. I like Luke Shaw. I would still roll the dice on him in a draft league, and he's one name that I'm going to keep an eye on to start using as a differential in my perfect 11 as soon as he's fit and back in that United 11. Another category you taught us about last year, and I'm going to ask you for a pick this year, old reliable guys that we're just not talking about that much because they're not new shiny picks. Who would you say fills that category this year? Yeah, so at the back, that's Leighton Baines. He's the oldest, least shiniest, but a dominant fantasy provider. Somebody up front, midfield, uh, another United player, Juan Mata. People don't love Juan Mata. I, I mean, maybe people love Juan Mata, but How they don't select him in their Mata? fantasy side. They don't. 
Even though he's doing a lot of good work for charity. Fantastic work for charity. And if 1% of all of my fantasy points get donated to charity on his behalf, I'm willing to trade that off for the other 99% because he's going to be a top 100 scorer this season and he's he's going to get it done while doing nothing spectacular. Give me a crazy out there pick that no one is talking about, but it falls into the this could be his year kind of category. Saito Berahino? He, does he count? Is he far enough out there? just names of random <laughs> professional footballers. Is this really a sensible strategic rationale that if, lies behind it? Yeah. Berahino obviously has, has buckets of talent. He's had nothing but problems with his managers over the last couple of seasons, but he has already scored 10 goals in the EPL one season. And as you know, as we like to say, if you've displayed that skill, then we count it as being in your locker and, and we draft you based on it. He's not going to be pressed for playing time there. He should be one of the starting 11 every week. I could see him hitting 12 goals. I could see them being a very trying 12 goals for an FPL manager. But if you're trying to decide between him and, and somebody boring with your 15th or 16th pick, I would put money on Barry Hino every time. Wow, he's party hardy. And then the final pick that you wrote, I think you did this just to amuse and titillate me. The meaty French forehead. Olivier Giroud. Yeah, what are you thinking? I love Giroud. He's custom built for fantasy success. He hit like 13 goals last season in limited playing time for Arsenal. Uh, if he ever makes his move to your Everton, he should be the out-and-out striker there. You could see him playing the the point there with maybe Sandro out on one side and a healthy Yannick Balassi or a healthy Davy Klassen out to the other side. You, and- ma- you were making me aroused. Listen, this is, th- this is the stuff that fantasy dreams are made of. Olivier Giroud securing a move uh, in the 11th hour, or the 23rd hour, or even the 25th hour if somebody's fax machine is broken would be, I mean, that's a, that's a dream maker. You draft him in the 10th round, and you end up with a guy that's going to hit 15 goals with six assists and play every week. I hope he comes to Everton to be candid just for environmental reasons so we can offset Everton's hair deficit with Rooney, Sandro, and Klassen in that starting eleven. We're going to wrap up. You've given us a huge amount to digest, a huge amount to really mull over. But I want to give you room to drop one last piece of wisdom upon us, John Wall. Man, have fun. Don't become me. Don't walk into a room with 15 cards and lay them out in front of you. We do that work for you. Let us do that for you. And just like take what we know and go and enjoy yourself and have a really good season. It's like sitting down with deep blue of fantasy football, sitting down here with you, you are just like a, one of those old massive room computers spitting out chunks of perforated paper uh, with which you compute exactly how you can dominate us weak humans. Target is a wonderfully nuanced, elaborate game. It's also, not unlike EA Sports FIFA, easy to begin to play. It's incredibly difficult to master. I really appreciate your insight in coming in to talk to us because it makes me absolutely exhilarated to start plotting uh, victory after victory in the season ahead, which is the loveliest feeling about this week before the season kicks off. All of us, all of us can truly believe. So, John, I want to thank you for joining us. I want to thank you for all things Togger, including your Tolstoy-esque Premier League fantasy guide, which is it's a it's an opus, mate. It's an opus. Was it given to you on a mountain by the hand of God? It really does seem amazing. You can get that one at fpldraft.com. And to sign up for our Togger League, which I'd love you to do, dear listener, it is absolutely a joy enhancer of your Premier League experience. Up there with Guinness, I, that's the only thing I can think of. 
Guinness Pie, Togger, all the food groups covered. We are only seven days away, people. So head now to meninblazers.com. This league is free. There's a new winner every week. And the season-long winner gets an appearance on the pod, which means that really it's the season-long loser. It's more a punishment than the prize. Speaking of which, last year's winner, really an amazing bloke. Cannot wait to speak to him. Simon Wardle is going to join us for an interview next Tuesday on our Premier League preview pod. I'm going to kind of tie him up and beat him up and make him cough up his secrets. Me and Davo will be back in the studio slash closet from which we pod, making our predictions. Oh, they're going to be so ill-informed for the season ahead, breaking down every single new neck tattoo, including Edison, who actually, it's not technically a neck tattoo. It's mostly just tattoo with a tiny bit of neck flesh attached. The Premier League season preview pod will drop next Wednesday. Stay tuned for that. Togger it up, GFOPs. Courage. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Men in Blazers ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com slash survey. Okay, so if you had a time machine, how far mm-hmm. in time would you need to go back to be a dominant basketball player of that era? <laughs> I need to go to when Bob Cousy was playing. Back I would, in, in the plumber days? 27-year-old Shay would give Bob Cousy the f***ing business. <laughs> He's not guarding me. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondering. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the best. Each week, Shay and I are combing through all of the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling ones, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. Follow six trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Six Trophies ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.